Salutations, greetings, and welcome to it. This is when Highbury was home, a loud boot podcast presentation. I am your host, True Story. And it's a bit of a, a weird one for us, this little midweek show that we've decided to start doing. More than anything, based off the performance of the squad, we're doing a review show after most of our Sunday games. is actually very tough tonality-wise. It takes a bit of a toll, right? So I'd rather just do it in between previewing the midweek game where we can be a bit upbeat and then preview the weekend game for the next two European fixtures that we have and then we'll maybe reassess it as well with Lord willing performances pick up as well, you know, so <laughs> that's just the reason for that. Not that it will change the tone of today's episode more than anything because the state of the land is what it is, you know. We're not in a good position as a football club right now. And a lot of that is down to just how we prepared for it, you know. Those who fail to prepare, prepare to fail, right? That's always been the the age-old adage when it pertains to that. And you can see a lot of how we did business coming into the season and in previous years as well. Culminating where we are right now, where you have somebody who can help fix your situation in Mikel Arteta, even in Edu, you know, even in Vina, yet you don't have all the support structure that you need in that place, right? I.e. the Grunka family, and the, and the likes, right? The person now, when it comes to the players as well, is also a key thing that is linked into that way. If your board is not looking to spend resources on strengthening the person now within the squad, then more often than not, you're going to end up with what you have on the field right now, right? And, uh, some pretty shit performances from some bang average players, you know? And if you're looking at that, you're thinking, that's going to be our, our flaw for as long as we have this kind of setup that we have right now or if we don't have any actionable items as it pertains to fixing this shit, you know? So more than anything, that Wolves game was, it was a nice reminder of the fact that we have Wolves and Sheep's clothing within our own football club and our own organization, right? Is, you know, we did the episode and said, don't dance around with Wolves, right? Don't, don't pussyfoot around, come through there, get your results and win the game because they're wounded right now. We didn't do that, didn't play like a team that intended to do that or any intention to do that. So that's where it's at, you know, <laughs> that's honestly where it's at, I mean... As we look at the takeaways from the game, just starting the game is team selection-wise, why would Davi Luiz have started overholding? In my mind, I didn't truly understand because the better player is Rob Holding, I feel, right now. You know, so you you feel maybe that's the player who should maybe be getting more of the starts, especially if he's the transition centre-back between what we're doing right now and what we're going to do down the line if we play Saliba or if we make whatever decision we make down the line, you know, so... It's a tough one to take across the board, man. Um, especially looking at that squad thing. It was a decent squad. I mean, we'll get to the midfield and how few could have been better then. But there were certain things we did where if at very least we had the right personnel out there, we could have done better. You know, another one of those decisions was Willian over Nelson. And say, Reese Nelson had said he's got the click and it's clicked for him and he's starting to perform at that level where we'd like to see Reese play more regularly. Especially what I want, I don't want to say the season is a wash, but in a sense, it's like we've reached that point of the season where our aspirations, as lofty as they could have been, thinking we'll be in the top four conversation and maybe push on from here. That's not what it's going to be this season. So we failed to do it last season where at this stage we didn't understand where we were last season. Say, so, okay, this should be our rebuild year. Let's start to look at the players we're going to transition with going forward. Those we're not, we're going to start trying to move on right now. You'd be proactive instead of reactive, right? It's 10 games in. You've got 28 league games left, you know? With a 1-4, last 5, drawn 1. That conversion ratio of 13 points from 10 games. You can see that's what that's really going to aggregate to, right? You'll be a mid-table team if you continue like this. 
you know, so you can turn this tide at the very least by just injecting more youthfulness into the squad and more hope, you know, across the board. So that performance was, it was tough to take, you know, takeaways from the game that we had shots, you know, 13 shots, two wolves is 11, but we only had two on target today, five, they got their two goals. You know, we got one goal from our one on target, right? Possession was in our favor, 57%, but it's like Wolves will give you position of the ball. But what I like about that stat is we had 494 passes. They had 404. Like, that's a 90-pass difference, but we had more of the ball. So we didn't do as much with it because they know how to press you high and keep you out of your rhythm in your game. The foul count was high, and it was what it was. But what was funny to me is we got a lot of set pieces. We didn't make all of them count. And it's something we were talking about where we have a set piece coach in there. It's nice to see us start to maybe get one or two goals once in a while from set pieces. Yes, but that should be a constant threat of ours because we get shots at goal, right? And then that will build, more, build up more often than not into set pieces. We should make the set pieces count. We don't really have a, a way of doing that as well yet, you know? So performance-wise, when we're talking about that whole performance was a prime thing of, if you looked at that squad, bar, I guess, one, two players, that was the same squad that Emery was working with, basically. You know, bar Gabriel in that squad, Willian in that squad, Uber down the middle in that squad, pardon me, that was... Emery's team, and you can see the performance was very Emery-esque, where the modern upgrades have been slight, yet they've been critical. Okay, Tierney as well in that squad, but I think it's what it is, you know, so it's like we're looking at this across the board saying, our midfield seems stronger when we have Thomas Partey in it. Definitely. We don't have Thomas Partey available right now. We can't revert to type where you take it back to something that didn't work for us. When I went into the game, I said, Willock should maybe start next to Xhaka deep in midfield. Or at most, Xhaka with Ceballos, even though that was going to be not so great. At least Willock should be playing further forward in that midfield. Or if he's playing further back, then he's the covering midfielder. I say all that to say I thought Willock would be a pivotal player in that midfield. And he was overran in the sense that he was a midfield that can't compete and hold their own. He's having to be too much of a star there. And he doesn't have the forward progress of if Saka and Reese are playing ahead of him. There's a bit more of a link there. There's more understanding within those players, right? And that's why I think Miguel is letting the team down, letting himself done as a whole. Is because you can't tell me what William has done to justify starting as regularly as he does. I can't understand it. Luis, there's some games where he shouldn't be playing when holding is available and Gabriel is available. What has he done to justify starting those games and staying on the field when he was bleeding, for goodness sake, and you're still not trying to take him off? What power does he yield in that football club? Because his performances don't justify that. So if that's tied to Kia and the management and all of that, then you can see what we've bought into. Because at the very least, if you buy into this thing of an agent, a super agent that feeds your team talent and has a bit of say within your club, then be more like Wolves. Well, those players actually add value to a football club. I mean, Cedric Suarez, David Luiz, William, be level for that. You know what I'm saying? Be level mandem for that. And if that's what Key is bringing to our football club, that's not enough. Because there's some deals where you look at, like, Gabriel, great deal. Both Gabriels, great deals. But that's two for three, in a sense. We ain't winning. He winning. Because in reality, you know what Arsenal is, they look at it as a transition thing. Gabriel, both Gabriels could be sold on for big money in a couple seasons' time. Key still wins. We lost out. Because we didn't even maximize their potential while they were within our squad, right? 
So the results, what is, I don't want to get too much into that. We lost, and I'm tired of looking at games where we've lost. Like, what more is there to say about that? The results, gag. You know, we have to deal with the aftermath, you know. And the backlash was real because you look at three key points for me, right? And it's tough. Because when you look at the quality of personnel, I don't even know how to rank it, bro. Because, like, the quality of players is linked to the quality of supply and backing that the manager and the technical team have, right? So you start with the purse strings, yet the mentality of the players is down to the manager. So you start with the players, but then if it's the mentality of the managers, the players is down to the manager, and we start with the manager and how he's talking to the players and which players he's selecting and which players he's not selecting. All of this is intertwined, right? So we just go through it then. Like, the purse strings were tight, so you get what you pay for, Right? We bought Thomas Partey late, didn't have enough time to integrate him to the squad on a training level. Though he had a very short preseason, if any, at least give him that time, that two, three weeks to be with the squad and to catch up with the way the, the squad trains. Because Miguel does train in a more rigorous way compared to some other tra other coaches, right? Where there's a lot of ball work, but there's also a lot of physical off-the-ball work, right? And that, that takes a toll on players who maybe don't come from that background. So buying a player like that late, you hamper his development. You know? Real talk. William was a budget buy. Well, if you're buying him to be the backup to Pepe or the backup in the wing positions, rather we spent money getting a younger player or spend a bit more money securing the Coutinho loan early and get a better player in that position. Because we waited so long, but by the time we tried to go do the Coutinho business, that was late for that. The war business, that was a play that would actually help our squad right now. And, I mean, we've seen football clubs where they've gotten and they've gone out and borrowed against future incomes two, three years from now. And Arsenal are a football club where they know they're always going to be revenue generating at the very least because that's their model, right? So even if they have to go borrow money, that's going to mean that they have to sell one of our star players down the line to go get us a player today that may potentially put us in a position where we don't have to sell our players. That's good business. We've been having these conversations of late about how people don't realize that half the football teams in the world, the good ones, are in debt as a result of what? Competing to stay at the top. You know, most of their equity is leveraged against their club because it's like they're in debt for half the value of the club sometimes. Club, you were two billion, but there's a billion of debt just to keep things going, to improve the stadium, to improve the, the playing, the, the personnel within the squad, to hire better coaches. Because there is a ceiling on how much money you make after you start to be at that highest level. So to break past that plateau or break through it, you're going to have to spend a bit more money where you get that at. Either you have a sugar daddy investor or you go to the bank. Even the sugar daddy investors be going to the bank to invest in the squads, right? So that, that whole thinking within how they look at it as a revenue, sustainable, generating, modern, whatever the fuck. Nah, bro, it's not working. This is football. It ain't baseball with a salary cap where everybody has to spend the same thing. It ain't football, NFL with a salary cap. It ain't basketball with a salary cap and no transfers. We trade our players and there's equal value. There's none of that here, bro. You know, the player's contract wind down to six months. People don't want to pay you nothing for that. They want to take them on a free in the summer. They want to pay you nothing for that because they'd rather tell them, hey, we'll give you the signing fee instead of waiving that, that transfer fee. So you need to be able to go to that club and say, you know what, we'll waive the transfer fee. Just take them now. We'll say it's a free. We don't want nothing up front. Then you can write off that money's. Because ain't nobody going to give you none for Uzo and Mustafi and them too much right now. So you'll take that administration fee. Like, yo, we'll say it's a free, but y'all will offer 2.5 M just to balance out what we were paying him in the past six months, whatever the case is. Then you write it off this year that we actually didn't have him on our books. 
that's business, bro. So, like, all of that just needs to be worked out because you literally get what you pay for, bro. Because that leads to then the quality of players that we have. Like, when we bought Burnt Leno's goalkeeper, I was one of those who said them, like, bro, Brody's struggling to observe Mark Stegen as the number two, never mind the number one in Germany behind Noah. That's not the level. Yes, he's competing with some levels, guys, but rather go get me to Stegen. <laughs> At that time, to Stegen was battling with Sillison there by Barca. You could have got that keeper for 40, 50 M and been secured for the rest of the next 10 years in goals. Leno is not going to be that guy. And you sold the wrong goalkeeper between him and Martinez. And it's back to you get what you paid for. We just we jumped at that deal like, yo, an international goalkeeper for 30 M will do it. Buying into names, bro, some South African-ass mentality going on. You think Ivan Gazidis is still part of the fucking board there, but us, you know, this is real nonsense, bro. So you're looking back at that saying, okay, cool. Leno not levels. Jacques, a prime example of the same thing. When we bought these guys, it's all guys we bought as a result of. There were better guys in the market, but we weren't willing to spend top-tier money. So we went for B-listers. And that's what you get now. A squad of B-listers where you are mid-table squad because you bought mid-table level players. And when you've had international level players and you've lucked out on those, you don't back them like that. Because we've had international level players. Think about your squad that has had a Sanchez. You've had a Van Persie. You've had an Uzo. You have an Ubermeyang now. You have Sakas. You have Pepe's. And you still can't get it done. That's tough. That means there's something wrong, fundamentally flawed going on when it comes to the quality of personnel being brought into the club. And right now is the first time where we may see a little bit of stability, Lord willing, and as it pertains to who brings in players. Because I thought Sven Musseltak was doing well because he had a plan of how he was buying, right? For every three, he had a ratio of a superstar-level player, a potential superstar-level player, and somebody who can be a squad-level player. He knew what he was trying to get for the squad, and he knew what he was, in a sense, envisioning what he was trying to build as a recruiter. I'm praying there's something going on now where, I mean... Vinay seems to have a mind, Edu seems to have a mind on him, Miguel seems to have a mind and some authority within the football club. We're praying it gets better because the thing now is that there's a mentality issue within the club that's always been there. We've talked about it, you know, the trade Dini, Cojones rant and all of that. We've all had our reactions to that. Yet fundamentally why we reacted is because we knew Mans was speaking truth. You know, there is a lack of fight, there's a lack of drive, there's a lack of intestinal fortitude as it pertains to our football club. We can't deny that, we can't hide from it any longer. And it's killing us as a football club. It's killing us as a fan base, right? And a lot of you think you realize that a lot of these players who have been there are, they've been hurt. There's like a lot of post-traumatic stress disorder going on within the club, right? Their heads drop easy. When man mentioned that, like, it's the first time we've seen Uber without a smile. Why? Because when he came into the football club, he was the one who wasn't tainted by this shit. So he smiled for the last two years and he was happy building up a relationship. Now his mandem like is sad and the team is all down. They're contagious. It's a very negative energy within that dressing room, right? And the only way to remedy it is to start to get these people out of there, bro. You know, in the difference what we're talking about the LA Clippers, where they needed to get energies out of that football, out of that basketball dressing room. Like, your Montrez Harrell, move on. Maybe move on for Pat Beverly and, you know, Lou Williams. That's what Arsenal need to do. Like, move on from some of these mandem. If, okay, Mr. Uzzle, it's not working. Move on from mandem. Okay, Mustafi, move on from mandem. Shaka, move on from mandem. Hey, you know, we like you, Hector, but hey, we move on from mandem. Because they have so much of an influence in that dressing room because they've been there for so long. And they've been unsuccessful for so long that... We talk about this thing when we're just you know, speaking to some gents yesterday saying, you know, sometimes in football there's this thing where if, if the player playing ahead of you, in sports and life in general, if the person playing ahead of you plateaus at a certain level and it still gets all the quan, the love, the money, the respect, the adulation that is deserving of somebody who's actually performing at a higher level and continue to exceed expectation, the one who comes after has no onus on them to exceed the level. They just stay at that level that other one plateaued at. 
that's where we add in our football club. We mind them know, okay, this is the level I got to play at just to be able to stay regular. That's cool. And they just maintain that bullshit level. And then that's what we end up with, right? So it's like the younger players deserve more burn because I think they're not as influenced by that previous trauma. They come in with like in our youth level, they actually win games. You know, they play very well. And there's a lot of camaraderie and team spirit. We put them in collectively as a group and let them grow together. And they will, in a sense, have that influence in the dressing room, that effectiveness, you know, that influential energy that comes in and just washes away all that bad karma that we've had going on for the past couple of years, right? Because our true key players need a lot more help, right? Because I looked at them now, okay, Gabriel Magales, Saka, Karen Tierney, Albuma Young, for me right now, only players are looked at as first-team players who are undroppables. My young players, I'll throw in there, like Willock and Nelson and Ainsley Maitland, Niles and Neil Smith Rowe. They're my key players. Pepe needs to play himself back into that position because on name he is, but on performance he's not right now. So I'm not going to put him there. The rest of them, man, them, bro, is salad, bro. Salad.com, bro. We sell players.com, bro. Come get these. Because we don't need these in our squad, bro. We are right with those. There's not enough support around our quality players where if you aren't the man them we mentioned and that's it party i throw on that list too again i'm sorry standard el nene as a squad player may be standard but i'm also feeling like nah, 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 nah. we've done that with players like like jack and them where you you accept mediocrity where you like you know his ceiling it's not like there you know what i'm saying it's like a leno thing where he can give you some good games but it's not there so we're gonna have to make some changes within the squad bro you get what you pay for bro 14th place on the log right now after 10 games played. We've won four, drawn one, lost five. We've scored 10 in 10, which means our average is a goal a game, but we're conceding 1.2 goals a game. So them 13 points in a goal difference of minus two is, I mean, I heard Mandem say our worst start in how many years in over four decades? Yeah, nah, Miguel, dog. And I, I, it's touching because I heard a lot of people saying pressure not on Miguel. I'm like, nah, pressure can't be on Miguel, bro. Because Miguel's like one of the two things that are right with this football club. You know what I'm saying? You can't put pressure on a man that's one of the few people in that football club that's adding something of positive, tangible value and intangible value, right? Something we can see transcending into value down the line. We ain't got that in much in that football club. So it's like, we're going to start having to be vocal as fans, as a support base, saying, yo, bro, if the board is insisting on owning this asset of Arsenal, then you're going to have to invest in this asset, or we're going to start to vote with the currencies that we do have. Because you're reaching that point now where you're like, bro, especially when fans aren't coming to the stadium, us not watching your games, us not engaging with y'all on social media, like all of us is coming through and unfollowing y'all asses and shit. That's going to affect your money because now when you try to go negotiate for more sponsorship, you don't have that talkability you have, you know, because right now we talk about like Arsenal is one of the highest followed football clubs in the world on social media and digital media platforms. Why? Because you speak to such a large demographic of people. Be conscious of how you speak to those people, you know, because those people have a lot of power today and that power could in a sense, bring you down because that's the same power that made you what you are. Well, you haven't been successful enough to deserve that level of accolades. You're living off of past hype and reputation and history. Yet in the present, you're providing us with nothing to believe in. That this is the generation that now is not having kids and saying, okay, now nah, my kid can't be an Arsenal fan because I'm not even going to be an Arsenal fan. That takes away your currency, your talkability. And the Krunkers only back things like that, bro. So eventually as a football club, we'll lose. 
So it's down to other members of the board to be able to start to vote with theirs what they have and say, nah, bro, if y'all aren't going to back us to a certain level, then we're selling our stake. We saw what happened when Mandem saw their stake and went to Everton. Look what's happening there by them. Look what's happening there by them. And Dangote done said, I want to buy Arsenal. And y'all be like, nah, let people invest in this football club who are willing to spend. You can own your little 50% of it and still child your monies from dividends, dog. And don't have to put none of your monies in because y'all don't want to put none of your monies in. But we as fans aren't going to tolerate this no more. And y'all know what time it is, that when we get disgruntled, that shit not to fuck up everything for y'all. You coming up against Spurs on Sunday. You know what I'm saying? Don't muck about, bro. We'll deal with that when we deal with it. Right now, it's rapid BN tonight. You know what time it is. You've qualified already. There's Mandem who... I'm looking at my predictors here. I'm like, I don't want to see certain one of these Mandem there. So I'm putting them there because me, I want my points <laughs> for predict the lineup. But if Mikel plays his Mandem, I'll know what time he's on. Because now I expect you to start using these type of moments to stamp your authority in the football club. Play the young kids. Be like, yo, if y'all justify yourself being good enough, there's spaces available for Sunday against Tottenham. I'll make surprise changes, bro. Because real talk, I'm one of those where if you don't trust Nelson and Williams underperforming, drop William, start Nelson knowing if Nelson is mucking about, I'm going to play Hutchinson. I got a kid who's 17 who's ready to go. I play Emil Smith-Rowe at 10. If he's not ready, I hoi him Charlie Patino. I got a kid who's 17 who's ready to go. You know what I'm saying? Like, put pressure on these man, bro. Uber goes down the middle. You're slacking, dog. I throw on Balogun or Mola down the middle. I'm not playing no more. I'm serious with y'all now because you've been mucking about. Real talk, bro. Real talk. You get serious there, but then we tell them, well, look, dog, you're starting deep in midfield. If you're not, hey, dog, Aziz, let's see the things there. It's a standard procedure thing. Because right now, we're looking at this goal, we're like, bro, we have young players who are better than our first team players who are half their age, yet they're getting no burn. And we have to deal with Mandem, my 30, 31 years old, who are like, have no future in this football club. And we still have to deal with their performances being subpar? Nah, bro, that ain't it. That's not what we use our hard-earned resources to support this club for. That ain't it, bro. Y'all got to do something. Y'all got to come with better than that. Nah, y'all got to come with better than that for certain. So it's like, why, why would you even do a player ratings, bro? Me, I got me nine points from predict the lineup because I got the bonus point. I don't understand why Willock started deeper with Ceballos in there. Where I thought at least even if start Willock, if you start him deeper, play Laka at the 10. Or, at the very least, then go for a Mills throw, right? I understand why Williams started over Reese, why Luis started over Holding. You got the results you got, bro. Kaka, Jaka, I don't want to see my midfield no more, so my player ratings is all that. Non-applicable, bro. Like, y'all didn't try, so won't try. We'll give Gabby a one for scoring a goal. Shout out, you know. <laughs> it's trash, bro. I really can't deal with this no more. Like, honestly speaking, I'm making light of it because it's a coping mechanism just to laugh through the pain, right? But... This ain't it, bro. This ain't it. Because it's like, now it becomes like midweek is our little sanctuary to be able to just enjoy a win, knowing weekend we're going to have to deal with some bullshit. Nah, bro. Because at the very least, they make my midweek game worthwhile. Like, don't play me guys who I know have no future and going to make me happy now. But if I ask them to play a first team game on Sunday, bro, they're going to get smacked 5-0. Nah. Play me some light thinkers when if they go through a result like that, as traumatic as it is, they will come back better and stronger three, four years down the line. That's what I want. I want growth. I want continuity. I want sustainability. We ain't got none of that right now. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, previewing the Rapid VN game. We've qualified to the last round of 32, so this is a, a free throw. You know what I'm saying? 
It's a free hit there by Cricket, bro. Gotta smack this for six, dog. Play some light dickies. Have fun with this game, you know, and then we take it from there, family. Uh, I expect Runison to start in goal in a 4 2 3 1. Because Runa's kept two clean sheets. He's been pretty well, done pretty well, rather. Cedric Suarez did off for him at right back. He's, he's put in performance at the very least that have justified why he's in the squad as a backup. We couldn't get better, and he's showing that he's playing better than what we've had in the past, right? So we're grateful for that. Man like Mustafi, man like Mustafi. I pray he doesn't play, man, because I don't see a future in him playing within our football club. But if it means playing him for the next three weeks so that a team can come in and give us our five million for him and we can move on, cut his wages off the books and go in and get ourselves a centre back. I'm seeing rumours of a John Stones dog. No cap, Rob been a big fan of John Stones for a minute, dog. He'd be perfect in that back line next to Gabriel Magalha. So yeah, go do that business if you can, even if it's a loan, bro. Move on from man like Mustafi. Give that five million to Shetty for a season long loan with an obligation to buy for twenty five mil. And then we'll recoup it somewhere in the summer and get that money in. And give me a center back, bro. You give me a center back. And goal is dead, old dog. If you can maneuver some business to go get me, even a young goal. I mean, Runison, we've heard talk of him saying he wants to be the number one. I'm a big fan of Carl Hine and Ogonko Vela in the, in, the young, in the young team, in the academies under 23s and under 18s. But if we can go find ourselves a guy who's a, an elite level talent potential, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21 year old goalkeeper. I'd bank on buying one of them and put pressure on man like Leno and say, you know what, we're going to play this kid more and we're going to trust him more. And then in a season or two, we're probably going to be looking to sell you if you haven't upped your level. And that's what it is, bro. So that's just a side note and goals, bro. I, I hope to see Pablo Marie start at left center back because I don't like seeing Luis start at left center back or non-left footed center back starting. And we can't start Gabriel in a free throw game, bro. So it's like... Pablo Marie's back to full fitness, or at least he's been training and played for the under-23s. It's a free-throw game, bro. Let him just go have a run out, no pressure on him. Let's see what we have in that position. Maybe he'll be a great backup for Gabriel, right? Ainsley Maitland-Niles, I expect to continue at left-back because he needs as much burn as possible. I don't know what we're going to do down the line where it's the type of game where I felt, you know, play a Joao Lopez at left-back and play Ainsley in midfield, right? But... I don't know, man. I don't know what Miguel be thinking these days. There's some players he's so adventurous with playing in new positions, and some players he just fixated on keeping them in a box. I really don't get it, but it's about what he feels the team gets from certain players in certain positions. We've got to respect that, right? In the deepest of the three midfield positions, I expect to see a Callum Chambers play in center defensive midfield if El Nene's not fit to start because I don't want to see Xhaka. I'm praying not to see Xhaka. I don't want to see Ceballos get a start. I don't want to see them in the team personally, right? Because the games where they play well and then they'll get overran against better midfield. And it's like Miguel hasn't highlighted that if you were picking them for these type of games and then they're nowhere near Spurs, I'd respect it. Especially if he has a more energetic midfield in mind, right? Where you're going to play a, a Chambers and a Willock within the Mill Smith throw against Spurs. So you get adventurous and don't play them against Rapid VN, right? And go with the you know, Xhaka Ceballos midfield. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd respect that a lot more, bro. You know, the elements of surprise, but I don't think he's doing those things. So I'm like, nah, rather than play Chambers because he's back. We saw him play better minutes for Fulham in a CDM position. 
I want to see what he is for us there because he's a very cultured football in my book, Callum Chambers. And sometimes positioning gets the better of him when he's the last line of defense. At CDM, I think he'll be good for us, especially if he still has that movability. He's a big unit, but he gets around and he can actually be an imposing figure in that midfield, can play a pass as well. So I like him next to a Willock there where Willock is bombing forward and then Mil Smith is playing at the 10, right? Because those are two young players I really like in Emil Smith and Willick. And I think with Partey at the base of the midfield, those two could do a lot of damage. So even if Elneny is fit and you're like, we'll give him 45 minutes against Vianne and take him off for Chambers or, or even Aziz, that would be nice to see then Willick and Emil Smith Rowe start ahead of a more experienced player and then a young player come in to play with them later down the line, right? Um, Pepe should start on the right side because, again, he's out for the North London derby and I guess Saka should get a rest, although it'd be nice to see Saka get some minutes and a goal. So it's one of those catch-22s where maybe put Saka on the bench and bring him on late on yet again just to make sure he just keeps active, keeps fit, maybe gets himself a goal. That's Pepe on the right, right? Yeah, so Nelson on the left, I'm praying starts, bro, because I don't get it anymore. You, this is a freebie game. This is the game Willian is supposed to start. This is William's job in this team, to play these games where we need somebody mandem filler. We can't play, we can't risk mandem, you know, first-team players. We give you this game. Why is William starting must-win games, Borso? You know I understand the thing. So, Nelson, I pray, starts that he can get his, continue his trajectory of developing and coming full circle in his development so that he can impress. Get, a, get yourself a goal, get yourself two goals, get yourself a hat-trick and some assists and Say to me, girl, dog, you can't not start me now. I'm your guy, especially if Luck is down, if Uber's down the middle, I'm your guy now. You know, so which brings us to the striker position where I love Aiden Kids here, but I would love to see Balogun get a full game. Let's see what we have in this kid, Mika. Let's see what we have in this kid, bro. Because this kid is a natural goal scorer. And his movement is, yes, Eddie moves around, but this kid breaks the line and gets in behind. He's willing to craft out chances for goal where he's a, he's a bit more selfish as a striker. I like that. Because even Uber needs to learn that. You my number nine, boy. If you pass it up my number, you're going to guarantee he's going to get a better shot at goal than you. If you can't, then take that shot. That's a striker's mentality. And Balugan has that. So I'd love to see him get a start in a game like this so he can showcase all of that and more, right? Bench-wise, we get nine. I'd love to see Matt Macy or even Carl Hine or Gonko out there. Um, it's a thing where I've got a toss-up in each position where, where I'd love to see Kieran Tierney rest so that Joel Lopez is in that mix with the squad so that Tierney gets a full game away from all of this and just recover fully because Miguel has done this thing too much where he brings him on after the game is won and it's like, you keep putting too many minutes on this mandem and I don't get it why. I know you like him and he brings solidity and all that but it's like, we can't look back at the season Kieran Tierney's played 52 games and we haven't won shit. Because then it means next season when we're trying to compete, he's gassed. Manage these mandems, load better, pause. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Gabriel probably would be on the bench maybe, but I'd like to see Holding get that look. So that Holding can maybe be the one you bring on if you have to. Or maybe even start Holding next to Pablo Marie. That would be ideal for me. Give Holding a full game knowing Gabriel is going to start next to him on Sunday. And then let's keep building up Holding's confidence in his performances as well. And you can put Mustafa me on the bench. I don't mind that. You know, Hector probably on the bench as well for Cedric Suarez as backup. El Neni, if it, probably on the bench if he doesn't start. I'd like to see Charlie Patino ahead of Ceballos on the bench because we've seen what Ceballos offers us and there's not really much and not much of a, a ceiling on that right there. 
too much too many flaws in what you offer in my midfield that it's like a side bro as a rotation player maybe but i'd like to see what young charles patino has and he trained with the first team this past week so shout out to young charlie man uh, miguel aziz ditto for him as well i'd love to see him in that midfield even if it's a cameo 30 minutes man like quality footballers that we have within this football club at youth level and they're not getting enough burn at first team level because we have players at first team level but the guys at first team level aren't performing and on on, on when, when we gauge the the guys on first team level who are playing's ability versus the youth players' potential, I'm always gonna say I'll back the potential because the ability has showcased that it's got a it's got a ceiling, and the ceiling is not very high. Too many flaws in these players, right? So the younger players, all that potential, we can maybe uproot some of their flaws and work those kinks out in their games. And when they reach age 24, 25, 26, they're world class players. Not what we're seeing in our football club right now, right? Same thing for Hutchinson, right? Where like, cause there's probably gonna be on that bench with Nketiah, and I'm like, nah, play Hutchinson and Marla on that position, and let's go, let's go, let's start giving these young players burn, bro. I wanna look back at the season and they say Miguel gave Hale and grad new Hale and his graduates at least ten of them first team appearances, and they actually performed well. When we look at all of them, like, yo, we've got first team players who are 17 years old who have played four, five, six games this season, have contributed to the squad, cause we're in a rebuild phase. In a rebuild season, that's the type of thing you do. Because even the board will start to buy you more leeway where they realize, oh, you have a relationship with these players. If we bring in a new coach, you might not have a relationship with these players and we'll lose out on this talent. But now if you've developed them at age 17, we give you that three year, four years. At age 21, this kid will be a superstar under your tutelage and your guidance. That's what we're looking for for Mikael. You could buy yourself a lot of grace with us, the fans, with the board, even with the football guards, just by playing some of these young mandem, bro. Integrate them in the squad and let's go. Because, I mean, we predict the game and you think, hey, bro, it should be a clean win for us. And, you know, let's get some goals, four or five goals. That would be great, especially with this lineup of Obalugan and Pepe and Nelson and Mil smith and Willick. Very adventurous, very, very forward-thinking, right? So... We're praying for something where it's adventurous and forward thinking from our goonies because we haven't had enough of that of late and it's, it's started to take a toll on us as a fan base, bro. We ain't really feeling these vibes, man. It's, not, it's really not a wave right now. So it's like, yeah, we've realized that we've, we've been presented a board that in a sense seemed active and involved in what we're trying to build in the football club. You know, they, they seem like the the pure lamb that was resolving, absorbing all the hurt and saying, hey, you know what, we will fix all the stuff we've done. There are instruments in place to resolve some of the stuff we need to do when it comes to procurement of players. We heard all the Josh Grunker speeches, but it's really wolves and sheep clothing talk, you know? That's all it is, bro. It's double speech, fam. Like, y'all ain't really trying to really invest in this asset. You're just trying to keep it afloat. We see how you do with your franchises, you know what I'm saying? Like, look at the Nuggets, dog. Like, the Nuggets is like, y'all went and lucked out on some good young players, and you're still not really investing in them like you ought to. Well, you're in a tough conference, I get it, but you could be pushing there. The Colorado Raptors have been trash for how long? <laughs> like, how many of them you have one maybe franchise that does wireless crunk, and then that's it, like two with the Avalanches? Come on, bro. I still don't like Kenny Big Deal, Kenny Big Team, bro. All you gotta do is care. And this asset will pay you back for generations to come, bro. And you realize that people are just not respecting what they have. And in a sense, you life will teach you how to, how to do that right. You know what I'm saying? Especially when you're doing it right. You know, life will showcase you that, hey, man, I don't value what you're going to lose. it. And so for the crew, because it's one of those things where we don't want to be part and parcel of your process of losing this great asset. So 
we pray you invest in this because it's taking a toll on us. And in time, we will start to act on these frustrations and it's not going to be beneficial for you either. So if, you're not, if you know you're not invested in trying to fix it, explore trying to sell the club this season. And we as a fan base will embrace new ownership and go forward from there. But if you know you won't keep with this bullshit, then stop playing with our time. Come out and tell us that this is what it is and let's roll with it. And then we're not going to put more pressure on Miguel to say, yo, bro, we know you're not going to get backed with external resources. Let's manage the squad better. Let's move on from some of these guys and let's develop in-house. Let's act like we have a transfer embargo. Like we're not expecting no guys to come in. Because all they do is kill us with transfer rumors every single day of players coming in. And then eventually we get some B-level mandem. Nah. That ain't it no more. So someone's got to give with it. Someone's got to give with it, you know. So, yeah. Sorry again. We said, man, the tone, <laughs> it ain't going to change just because we're doing a midweek. But for me, at least my spirit's better. Like, I ain't stressing as much as when I do this on a Monday or Tuesday. And we just got smacked on the Sunday. So, sorry. Like, we ain't playing them games. Thank you for vibing out and enjoying the ride more than anything. I know it's not easy. We just try to give a little more introspection on what's really going on you know the score of the game and the game of life type shit but this has been episode 13 of when Highbury was home a loud booth podcast presentation i'm your host true story thank you for joining us please like subscribe rate and review us on all dsps where you consume your digital media content let us know what the vibes is let us know how you feeling coming into this game let us know how you feeling going into the spurs game as well although we'll do the show you know, probably Friday or drop it on Saturday if we do it Friday night. But yeah, man, let's let's just be positive going to these next two games, knowing Mikel can turn the tide and literally just that Spurs fixture alone, especially if you select some young players for this game, go into the Spurs fixture with a more rejuvenated squad. Let's go in there, get the results. And you know what it is, man. Like I was joking with a with a Liverpool fan and a United fan saying, for me, man, the season can be as shit as possible. If I beat Spurs and they don't win the league, then I'm all right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't always have to have the greatest season, but y'all can't just be overachieving and we out here just being rank average, bro. It's like, I only want better for myself. Sometimes I want better for y'all. Like, I swear, bro, it's real. So, um, yeah, man, as we always say, Come on, you cooners. <laughs> yeah, we pray you really get going. Real talk, bro, because we need these, you know. So thank you for joining us. Have yourself a blessed afternoon. Enjoy the game this evening. And, yeah, we'll link up, talk about it, you know, tomorrow on Saturday. Damn the vibes, man. It's True Story signing out. Salute us.